Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers Podcast. We're your happy hosts, Amy and Madeline, best friends who work hard and hustle harder. We believe to be happy and healthy in your work, you need to be happy and healthy in your life. We combine health, well-being and business with a fresh perspective to share the stories of normal people with inspiring lives. From leading entrepreneurs to athletes, models and artists, together we delve deep into their journey to success to find out why health and well-being is at the core of their philosophy. Whether you're looking for advice and guidance for leading your best life, an engaging, easy-to-digest pep talk, or a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and wellness goals, the Healthy Hustlers Podcast is your go-to for kicking ass in work and play. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. We're so excited to bring you today's episode, which is a little bit different to normal. We've had an overwhelming response of people wanting to get to know us as the Healthy Hustlers, and so we're excited to bring you our story. Today I'm interviewing Madeline, and we're sitting here at my house in Belmont in Lily, my daughter's room. So let's start. Let's kick off by hearing about your happy place. Where do you go to unwind and reconnect? Well, firstly, thank you for having me as your guest <laughs> um, and in your beautiful home. It feels really weird to be on the opposite side, but yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> My happy place, I know I've said it in a lot of the episodes, but is definitely the beach. And I actually have two beaches in particular. So one is Cape Patterson, which is actually where I grew up. So it's a really small coastal town. I'll talk a little bit more about that, but it's literally a slice of heaven to me. And I think for a few years there, I... I didn't really appreciate it and didn't nurture it for what it was and what it did to me, but it is 100% my happy place now and we're actually lucky enough to still have our family home down there. So Ryan, my fiance and I often escape back there for a weekend and it's just beautiful. I do long beach walks and just sit on the beach and just think and gather my thoughts and I'm just literally so happy and it's funny in Pilates our teacher often goes when there's a really hard plank for too long she'll like say go to your happy place and I actually visualize sitting there on the beach and it just makes that that exercise so much easier my other happy place is Byron Bay which is a little bit more expensive and a little bit harder to get to at times (laughs) I was lucky enough to meet Ryan there when I was 21 so that's always held a very special place in my heart and we're actually getting married there in three weeks time. So yeah, that's definitely a incredible place to me. It just has such an energy that nothing else beats it. And I think even out of all the places I've traveled in the world, it's yeah, still my number one really for a holiday destination. Both are awesome places to go and unwind and reconnect. And I am very excited to be flying up for your wedding in just a couple of weeks. We booked our flights. Oh, very exciting. I know it's creeping up very quickly. (laughs) So now let's take it back all the way and get a little sneak peek into Madeline growing up. Okay, winding back the clock. Well, as I mentioned, I grew up in Cape Patterson, which is a really tiny coastal town. It's down near Phillip Island, for anyone probably knows that area better. Um, but Cape Patterson has a permanent population of about like 900 people. So I lived 200 metres from the beach and my childhood was... Honestly, it was really bliss. Like I look back now and I just think, oh my goodness, I was so lucky. My mum owned the local hairdressing salon and there was only, in the whole town, there was my mum's hairdressing salon, a milk bar and a pub and one real estate. 
so we just had a really epic childhood of really adventurous. We spent our days at the beaches, like riding down the sand dunes, building cubby houses. I had a lot of um, boy, like families of boys around me. So there wasn't many girls when I was growing up. Ryan always jokes that I'm like the only girl to come out of Cape Patterson. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had like a good family friends called the Joneses and the older sons babysat us and the two younger ones we would just make cubby houses with every night. And we had a cubby house called the Grandpa Hollow, which was just this like big tree with like all netting and stuff in it. And we'd just spend hours in there as kids um, riding our bikes. And, you know, the number one rule was just be home before dark. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a great childhood. Our, I went to primary school and high school to year 10 at a Catholic school. Um, and the Catholic school I went to high school at, I had to travel about 30 minutes into Langatha and I just really didn't like it. It was very strict. You know, you get off the bus and it was always like, is your shirt tucked in? Is your tie, your tie done off? And I think it was great from a, you know, I learned really good values and morals there, but it just wasn't for me. It was quite academic. And a lot of my friends were on that side of town as well, like in the farming area. So I didn't really have any friends close by, you know, at the beach. So I always felt quite isolated. So in year, about year eight, I started doing a lot of acting. So my auntie worked at MTC and she got us enrolled in a holiday program, my brother and I. And so we'd go up to Melbourne. My grandparents lived in Melbourne. So we'd go there quite often and would all, cause mum and dad were both working, would do this summer school, like acting summer school. And I just fell in love with it. It was just this like part of me that no one else was doing that or no one else had that experience. And, you know, I met all these kids from different schools in Melbourne and other country towns and it was just so amazing. And every school holiday, I just looked forward to it so much. But the funny thing about it was that I fell in love with it so much, but I wasn't very good at it. Whether my brother, he didn't really care about it and he was so good and he would get all the good roles and I used to be so jealous of him. I was like, I want to be good at acting. But it actually really created a passion and drive in me that I think it was probably the first thing that I really fell in love with. So I ended up changing schools in year 10 and went to the state school, which was a big move. I went from like, yeah, really strict Catholic school to like the ultimate, just like high school. You know that high school, the TV show, Heartbreak High? It was literally, that was like what my high school was like. It was just no rules. Everyone wore whatever they wanted. And I loved it so much. (laughs) But that's when I got really into acting as well. So I studied drama year 11 and 12 and did quite well in that. And I thought leaving school that I wanted to be an actress. But my parents were both self-employed and they really wanted me to go to university. So my best friend Joe and I made a pack. We were like um, at the end of year 12 that if we both got into university that we'd move to Melbourne together. And if we didn't get into university, then we would stay month AU with our boyfriends and <laughs> start our life there, which mum and dad were very against. <laughs> and so when we got our year 12 scores, I remember Joe calling me and she's like, what did you get? You know, and it was just such a turning point I think in my life um you know one of the best things I guess that I'm so grateful for growing up that Melbourne was never a scary place to us so I had my grandparents there and mum and dad would always take us up every second weekend and we'd get the tram or the train to the football and all my cousins were there and so I was really excited about Melbourne but at the same time I was like had this life at home that I really loved and 
I think coming to Melbourne at 18, I yeah moved out of home. I moved in with my best friend and a few other guys who were family friends. And yeah, we lived in this house by ourselves, and I just wanted to be an actress. But mum and dad had encouraged me to go to uni. So I started studying marketing at RMIT, which was really good at times. I didn't really love studying, but at the same time, I was still doing acting on the side. So I was doing nighttime courses and still doing the holiday programs. And I also got involved in TAFTA, which is the Australian TV Academy or something. So I did a lot of courses there. And it was in that time I actually managed to get an agent, picked up by an agent, which was pretty exciting point. And then, yeah, life was pretty epic. It was just really carefree. I didn't have that much responsibility. And I went on my first overseas trip with my best friend, Elise, to Europe. And then when I got back, I met Ryan pretty soon after at 21 in Byron Bay. And that was probably another real turning point in my life because I was still really heavily invested in my acting then. But I also got a scholarship to go and study in America in my marketing. And at that time, I landed at an audition for Home and Away, which anyone who's ever done acting would know that that, I think, to a young girl was like the pinnacle. That was the dream yes, life. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I had a really big decision ahead of me. And I remember calling Ryan and like literally we'd been seeing each other for a few weeks. And I was like, oh, um, I've got something to tell you. And he's like, what? And I'm like, well, I've actually got an audition for Home and Away. But I also got a scholarship to go to America and he was just like, oh my God, I don't know which one's better. And it was probably at that point where I thought, you know, I have to give acting all I've got. And this is, if I don't get this, then I'm going to America. Um, So I didn't end up getting the role. Demi Harmond actually got the role. She was Sasha for about seven years, I think, on the show, which funny, I ended up working with her a few years ago. (laughs) I was like, bitch, you stole my role. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I did it off to America and kept studying marketing and then like, Later on, got into event management, finished off with a double degree in events and marketing. So, yeah, I think I had a pretty, I like to think I had a very blessed upbringing. I'm so grateful for every single part of it and the people that were a part of it and who have shaped me. And yeah, I've got a very, very close family, which has always been something pretty special. (laughs) I have worked with you for a long time and been your friend for a long time, but it was actually so nice for me to hear you go back all the way from the start and hear about your journey. I can definitely tell why you're such a go-getter and you have such confidence. Your childhood sounded wonderful, Maddie. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I owe a lot of that to my mum and dad. They were always big picture people they always kind of said to me you know you live in a small town but it doesn't mean that your life needs to be small like there's a lot out there and mum my mum had traveled the world and she lived in London she was a hairdresser so she lived in London and worked over there and I think having that was yeah really nice and really special and something I'd never take for granted because it did allow me to have a big crazy mind sometimes maybe a little bit too big (laughs) now before we move on to the next question I do remember and I think this came up a little bit recently at your hens party you did get a particular acting role that was a highlight I believe do you want to just quickly tell us about that one oh yes (laughs) so my big break (laughs) so I actually got do you know what this was I know you shouldn't say things come down to luck but this was pure luck I'll tell you why so 
Uh, not long after I got my agent, I got an audition for the first Coles Down Down Prices ad. <laughs> and auditions are really funny because you walk into the room and literally every person in there looks like you. They're the same height as you. They speak like you. And it's really down to like the smallest things, like maybe your eye color or your exact height or something that, so it's a really weird thing going into an audition. Whether with the Coles one, I walked in and I was like, you know, there was old men there and there was like grandmas and then there was like really little kids. And I was like, this is so weird. So I got this script when I walked in and they said to me, oh, you need to sing when you get in there. Now, Amy, you can vouch for this. I can not sing to save myself. Like I've got the worst voice. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I'm going into an audition where I need to sing. This is just so not me. Anyway, they paired you up. So they, I got um, paired up with this guy who played in a band. He was maybe in his 40s or something. And he had this really epic voice. And as we're walking in, he said to me, are you feeling confident? And I was like, no, I'm the worst singer ever. And he's like, okay, just follow my lead. Anyway, so we get in and he's like clicking away and dancing. And I was like, yeah, let's just go with it. So it turns out I ended up getting the part. He didn't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was literally down to him because I was like, there is no way I could have walked into a room and done that. But, yeah, so I was on the first Coles Down Down Prices ad. Um, and the thing was I actually have never seen the ad. So I not long after I went over to Europe for my first trip and one of my really good friends who I actually did my deb with, he was playing for Collingwood and – he was in his first AFL grand final and so everyone in our hometown was obviously watching him it was a really exciting time and I got this message from my dad being like oh my goodness Maddie you won't believe what ads just aired in the middle of the Collingwood grand final <laughs> so every time Collingwood kicked a goal on would come my little face of down down <laughs> prices <are> down <laughs> So, yeah, that was – it was funny. I was getting a lot of messages on Facebook and that, but I've never even seen it. So, yeah. Well, I would last track down. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Everyone's tried to. <laughs> so, now I'd love to delve into your career a little bit. Can you share some insight with our listeners as to what has led you to this point? Yes, of course. So, um, as I mentioned, I studied a Bachelor of – business, which was majoring in event management and marketing. So I actually started off at RMIT for the first two years. I did a advanced diploma in marketing and then decided then that I wanted to do events. I didn't really love just the straight marketing. So I went over to Victoria University and studied there. And that's where I did my student abroad to America. So I went to Miami there and um, I was pretty fortunate with a few contacts that I had. So my uncle has been a pretty pivotal part of my career, I guess, in my, my life. And he got me some pretty good contacts early on when I was studying. So I did my first internship with The Lane. So for anyone who doesn't know The Lane, it's by Carissa Fanning and it's a event inspiration and online website where they showcase like real weddings and like online bridal directions directory. It's pretty insane. It's so amazing. But she was just starting out with that when I was studying. So I went up and did my placement with her, which was really cool. I got to style some photo shoots and went to went on a pretty epic trip with her, which was pretty amazing. And I think from there, it really showed me that like you can dream big and you can make your dreams a reality. And it was 
I think that's probably one advice that I would definitely give to people, you know, during those uni times or, you know, even at school, I guess you do the year 10 one is really spending that school placement time to do something that you're actually passionate about. Like don't just, don't just go and settle for something easy, like get in, find a business or an organization or a brand that you just love and just keep knocking on their door until they give you that time. Everyone's always looking for free work. So I reckon you'll get it. But, um, yeah, so I started there and then from there, I went to Rip Curl. So Chris's husband was involved with Rip Curl. So I, and so was my uncle. So I actually landed an internship there, which was another just pure luck, really, which was really exciting. But that was amazing. That was an event. So I worked on the fur, uh, the Rip Curl Pro surfing event, which happens in Torquay every year. And I worked directly under the global marketing and events manager. So I was basically her assistant I guess for about six months and then two weeks full-time when the event was on and um, that was epic like that was seriously I, I guess growing up in a small country in a surf culture and in that town being immersed in that for a couple of weeks I was just like wow this is insane um, and through there so my boss there actually was friends with a recruiter at Cotton On <laughs> and so then she handballed me over to the recruiter at Cotton On and um I think I'd applied for, no joke, about 19 jobs at Cotton On in that space of time. And I was going for like jobs. I didn't even know what they were, like supply chain manager and like all this crazy stuff. When I got in the business, I was like, oh, thank God I wasn't doing that. (laughs) Um, But I was just desperate to get into a big business and learn really. So I landed a role at um, Cotton On in 2002. 12, no, 2013. Um, thanks to our good friend, Sam McGuan, he gave me my first job and I actually put in my resume that I was on a Coles ad and he always says that that was the selling point. So I had no skills, um, didn't know what I was doing. Um, but yeah, so he gave me my first real head start and then that's where we started working together in the end of 2013, was it? I yeah, think, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I moved into the team then. Yeah, and I re- still remember the first day you came in and I said to you, oh, yes, I really need a new friend. And it's just so funny to think back on that now and think that we're still such good friends and now have our own business together. Um, so, yeah, I worked there in the Run Australia team. So we organised the um, charity fun runs for Cotton On all around Australia. And I looked after marketing, which, again, was just awesome. That was like a dream job at that that time in my life I we were traveling interstate all the time we were going to events I was working with ambassadors who were really epic people and um pretty inspiring and so many pinch myself moments like to be I think working at that level at such a young age and you know doing it for a charity and being able to see that you're making a difference and then you know on event day like some of our events were getting 10,000 runners it was just insane to think that you know we were able to create that and that Cotton On was able to give us that opportunity and I think it was just such a great platform you know it's such a reactive environment there and you know you know Ames it's it's so fast-paced and you really have to learn on your feet um think on your feet learn on your feet both (laughs) a bit of both both. um but we're just given so many opportunities to learn and grow there so 
Um, that was a great starting point and it's probably advice I give to people as well who are starting out in their careers is don't don't settle for something comfortable or small like get into a big business and throw yourself in the deep end and just learn and learn from everyone around you and every experience and you're gonna fail like oh my goodness the amount of tears that I would have had in that time but you learn so quickly and yeah I think it's a really important you know a time in your life to yeah just immerse yourself in a massive business um so from there I actually moved stayed in the business and went over to Cotton On Body and took on their first role as events manager so they'd never had that before and it was definitely a big learning for me it was um I was probably a bit out of my depth and but got to do some pretty incredible experiences. I had a beautiful team there as well of girls who became some of my really close friends and who I still love and cherish um, so much. And I think just being that was so process driven um, business, which definitely has set me up for success. And, you know, I learned a lot more there about, you know, attention to detail and, and being process driven and, and planning ahead. And we got to do some pretty uh, incredible experiences. So we collaborated with a American YouTuber and did a world tour around the world, basically to all of our country hubs. So we went to four countries in 10 days um, and did a big dance workout, fitness workout for Cotton On Body's 10th birthday. And I think that still will always be, you know, one of my biggest career highlights to be traveling around the world, you know, putting on these events that hundreds of people were coming to um, was pretty damn epic. And I still kind of look back and pinch myself and think, oh, did that even happen? Like it was such a blur. So I think we finished in South Africa on day 10 and I was so sick by that stage. I'd been in like four different time zones in 10 days. My body was just like, what are you doing? But yeah, it was a ridiculously epic experience but after that to be honest I was really burnt out and I was probably really starting to question a little bit my direction and what I really wanted out of life more just because it was so demanding and you know I lived an hour from the office I was driving every day an hour to work an hour home and Ryan's got an electrical business so that you know wasn't giving us much time for our relationship and yeah, I was just letting a few things that I really cared about slip to the side. One being my family, my friends and my health. Absolutely. Like I was just not prioritizing it whatsoever. And it was at that time at Cotton On Body that I started to get really into my health and, and well-being. And I started, you know, really fueling myself with the food that I needed and exercising. And I was surrounded by all these people that were doing the same as well. So you just kept wanting to be immersed in that culture. And so I got an opportunity then back in Melbourne um, with a health food brand. And although it was short-lived, it was a really incredible experience and it was something that I 100% needed and I don't think that I would be at this point now if I didn't have that experience. Um, So I just was able to gain my confidence again and I was back, I was in a small team and I was given so much responsibility and, you know, I just learnt the startup hustle and I was like, oh, I love this. It was all about heart and hustle and that just made me start realizing like, this is what I need to be doing, but I need to be helping people in a way. I just needed to be spreading my message, I guess, or our message. Like I needed to find a way 
um, to do that. And, you know, we had always talked about doing something together. We'd had a few failed attempts <laughs> of business names we'd set up. different event companies. A few companies. I think there's still one on Facebook. Bam <laughs> events or something. Do not look that up. <laughs> 2 a.m. Bam events. Yeah, we had a few grand ideas. And, yeah, I just remember when this all, you know, we started talking about it and it all just felt so right. And I just had to take that leap. Yeah, so I I left there only in April and it was from there that I moved into your team and started working in your events business three days a week and then I'm also working with a incredible fashion stylist, um, Renee Enright, who I'm lucky enough to look after her brand collaborations and partnerships. So yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far and I'm just so excited. I think for what the future holds. I think all of them have taught me really important skills and absolutely shaped me to be the person that I am today. So yeah, that's me. Sorry, that was really long. (laughs) No, it's awesome. And I guess we can 100% say that you've been given so many amazing opportunities and you've had such an epic career so far to be 29 Mm, now and to work for some of the biggest brands in Australia and Cotton, I guess, is one of the biggest brands Mm. in the world. Definitely had some incredible opportunities that have set you up to where you are now. I just remember, and I guess this is a really big part of where this podcast came from, was our conversations about how we're so grateful for the jobs that we've had and and the people that we've been able to work with. But a lot of it did feel like a bit of a blur because Mm. working in such a corporate fast-paced environment, by the time you're finished something, you're on to the next thing. And there was never really any time to stop and reflect for what you've done and process and be grateful. I guess it was always working six months ahead onto the next project. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I I think, you know, like you said, we always say to each other, imagine if we knew this earlier and, you know, imagine if success wasn't defined about by your job title or how much you, you earn or how busy you are, but it's actually defined by how great and amazing you feel because then the results come. And I think, you know, that was the hardest thing was that we were doing all of these incredible things and having these amazing opportunities. And, you know, I remember my friends being like, oh my goodness, like you got to meet this person or you did that. And I used to just feel like, oh yeah, like it wasn't letting, like lighting my soul on fire anymore because we were just so tired, so tired and so burnt out. And, you know, it's, some people are made for that and can survive in that, but I just wasn't one of those people. Well, I also think anyone, if you're not, taking the time to be mindful. I think mm-hmm. mindfulness was a really, yes, really big one. Definitely. There was no way we were ever getting up in the morning and meditating morning mm-hmm. and night to have a clear mindset yep. for the day ahead of us. We were straight into it. We weren't exercising. We ate some pretty crap food. <laughs> Let's be so honest. Bad. Especially me. I'm way, I'm still way worse than Maddie with my food. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's where I guess the podcast is born. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm so glad it was born and we went through that because, you know, if we hadn't have done all of that and gone through those experiences, we would never have had this passion inside us to spread this message and to just, you know, really encourage people to invest in themselves because you can achieve incredible things and you can do, you know, you can achieve your wildest dreams. That's like absolutely, but you need to put yourself first and you need to prioritize, you know, yeah, your health and well-being because you're just – otherwise you're just burning the candle at both ends and no one ends up winning. 
Okay, so it's very evident through our podcast that you're a foodie, Madeline. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about why you're so passionate about people eating real food that nourishes their mind and body. Yeah, well, I guess I grew up in a pretty wholesome family. So my dad is a massive foodie, so he's always cooked everything from scratch, um, you know, made us buy Mumbai like real ingredients and so I was pretty spoiled with choice as a kid um my mum's not so healthy I think she does it for dad but she loves a good packet of chips and you know doesn't drink enough water but that's for another (laughs) that's for another time um but yeah I grew up in a pretty wholesome family and mum would always like make all of our snacks I think the worst thing we're allowed in our lunchbox was like an LCM and mum actually used to tell us that good old white lies that twisties and roll-ups would give us asthma and I'd remember my brother and I would come home from school and we'd be like oh mum so-and-so had like twisties and a roll-up in their lunchbox and mum would be like well they're not going to grow up very healthy and strong are they so it was always in my head as a young kid like you know food is important and so but then I moved out of home at 18 and you know money was probably more the priority than food and so I was just literally eating a uni student diet which consisted of hot chips, gravy, and probably two-minute noodles. I think the best thing we would eat was uh, tacos, but that was still like, you know, the taco from the packets and stuff. And not the premium mints, I could imagine. No, definitely not. It was the cheapest mints that you could get and the fake cheese from the supermarket. So, you know, and I was always really conscious about my skin growing up and, you know, I always had bad skin when I got to uni and Obviously, now I look back and it was just because purely what I was fueling myself on and expecting myself to survive off. Plus, I went through a pretty big party stage where I was definitely burning the candle at both ends. I was studying full time. I was doing my acting and I was working in hospitality. I had two hospitality jobs. So I was literally like running off like little sleep, partying on weekends, drinking, eating crap food. And, you know, I just look back at it now and I'm like oh if only I knew seriously what I know now um but during that time yeah I started I was really worried about my skin I was always like wearing so much makeup and I would people would come to our house we had a bit of a drop-in center our home um we were just three girls living together so all of our friends from home and school would come up on weekends to go out and there was just always people in our house and I, I just remember always getting up and putting makeup on before anyone would see me because I was so conscious of my skin. So my passion probably started from then, I think, of just really thinking like I need to improve my skin. So start eating better food. Um, so I started cleaning up my diet a bit. But then when I lived, moved in with Ryan, um, he is he says to me now that he created the Healthy Hustler. <laughs> which I do owe him some credit for that because he has the most wholesome diet ever. And so that just really sparked, you know, it back in me of like, I need to eat good food. And, you know, I knew how to cook. I loved cooking because my dad always cooked and, um, you know, Ryan appreciated food. So it was just this really nice time where I started to realign with all the things that I was probably had it had as a kid you know I was eating real food again wholesome meals I was riding bikes on weekends I was going to the beach all the time all these things that just felt so natural I was finally doing them again and it just made me start realizing like how important prioritizing those things are so I think I'm just so passionate about food because I can see what it does to you like you know I've 
spoken pretty openly about it on the podcast that we've really tried to cut preservatives and you know I've probably that's taken a lot of time and I think that's I want to encourage people that it doesn't have to be complicated like it's seriously so easy to cook real food and you know JS Health who we Jess Sapel who we interviewed not long ago um, she's got some amazing recipes she's one I've followed for so many years and use her recipes she puts them on Instagram she now has an amazing app um, Lola Berries were also some really good recipes Lou Kynes has an incredible book Smart Carbs and I think it's just about prioritizing that time and and being organized is another one so you know I do well we do our grocery shopping every Sunday Um, we buy literally the same food every single week and the reason we do that is because we know that we eat that food and we enjoy it and I just teach myself different ways to cook a zucchini different ways to use cauliflower different ways to use broccoli all of that so it doesn't feel like we're having the same meals all the time um but I just know how much more energy you have, how much more focused you are, how clear your skin is, like all of these things that I know everyone cares about um, all comes from eating real food. And, you know, it's about what you you give to those around you as well. Like food's such a, a beautiful thing. It brings people together. It's a celebration. Like I think there's so much more to it than just like, Oh God, I've got to cook a meal. Like, you know, use it, have friends over, cook for them. Like just, yeah, nourish your mind and your body so that you feel good. I know when I eat well, I feel incredible. And Mm -hmm. so you're bang on the money there, Maddie. And I've been talking to Maddie in the last little while (laughs) and now we have a little bit more space. Madeline's going to start using some of her cooking skills and knowledge into our blog posts and Instagram page and podcasts. Yes, you'll have some of my recipes coming your way, I promise. That's one thing. I love creating recipes. I love putting flavors together and experimenting, right? And I experiment a lot with food. So I'll definitely get some of those to you guys soon. It's something that I'm, yeah, super passionate about. But, you know, for anyone out there who it does scare them a little bit, like just don't overcomplicate it, honestly. Just keep it simple and just even start with just a week um, of just prioritizing eating real food. And I think the other thing is don't get down on yourself if you drop the ball for a day or, you know, I still eat like hot chips are literally my biggest downfall. And I still have weeks where we're busy, where I just crave like a real cheese toasted sandwich or, you know, I go and buy a bag of lollies. So don't let yourself um, get down on that or think, don't think that it's all over and you can't eat healthy anymore. Like just think, okay, I did that. I enjoyed it. And I obviously needed it at the time. And then let's just, you know, eat a salad tomorrow and have a green juice. Yeah. Perfect. And I think, you know, it does come down to being organized and, you know, I know you'd know this aims with having two little kids, like, you know, a family and a business to worry about, but the more organized you can be. And I know you talk about ordering your food and getting it delivered. And, you know, I go all the way down to like, literally I make put everything into my juice the night before and literally just have it in the fridge. So then in the morning, I just have to like blast it. And I think just being as organized as you can with things really helps you, one, you're less stressed in the morning because it's like all done and ready for you, but it just helps you stay on top of it a little bit more as well. Yeah, definitely. So Maddie, let's move on. What would you say are some of your favorite daily rituals? So I've got a few. I don't have an overly structured routine at the moment, which I quite like, to be honest. But a few things that I do do 
and some people might find this a bit weird, but it's, I thought about it the other day. I'm like, oh, this is definitely a ritual that I do and don't even realize it. I have a real thing with light. So in the morning, the first thing I do is get up and open all of our blinds and all of our windows to let like the natural light in. And I use brighter lights in the morning. So if I'm in the bathroom, I have the full light on and so on. So it helps wake me up. And then at nighttime, I never really let there be bright lights in our home. So we have like got quite a nice natural light that throws off like orangey light I guess so I have that on in the living room and then in the bathroom we've actually got a really nice pendant as well that throws off a really nice orange light so I try not to have any really bright lights at night and I just find it really helps kind of create this really nice flow in our house so like in the morning there's a lot of like natural energy and like you feel really vibrant and excited to get out for the day and then at night you know the blinds are down it's more orangey light and it's really you know you're ready to go to bed and relax and I find it really helps with settling like in the morning it like makes me like yeah I'm pumped and I'm ready for the day and then at night I'm like feel quite settled <laughs> um so that's probably my a daily ritual I also at the moment I'm trying to do Pilates or some form of movement every day um as soon as I wake up the first thing I have is a glass a big glass of water um so that's definitely a daily ritual and I think while well, meditation as well, I definitely try to prioritize that every day. So they're my main ones. <laughs> they're all fabulous, Maddie. So do you have any non-negotiables? Uh, yes, definitely sleep. That is like key to me. Um, you know, you'll know this, Ames, but I'm <laughs> so not good without sleep. And I know that about myself. I really need eight hours. So that is absolutely a non-negotiable. I need to get those eight hours every night. Just so I can function so I'm not a moody little bitch really <laughs> so that I you know make good choices with my food so that I'm productive at work it all yeah comes down to sleep yeah, for me that's awesome so now we're moving into a few of our rapid fire questions and we've changed these up a little bit for us so Maddie who would you invite to a fancy dinner party at your home oh this is a goodie um my number one would be Blake Lively. Oh I'm goodness, so her. obsessed with her and she will be on this podcast one day, guys. <laughs> she would definitely be a fantasy dinner guest of mine. I also, in later times, everyone always says this and I was always like, oh, boring. But I start, I think I would really like her is Oprah. I think there's so much wisdom in her. Yeah. And another one, I was actually at a event that some of our friends were running and they asked this question and one of the girls said that it would be her nana who's no longer here and it actually got me thinking and I was like that is the most amazing fantasy dinner guest you could ever have so I'm stealing that one and I would have my nana Lena who's my mum's mum who I actually never got to meet she passed away when my mum just after my mum got married and I think I've got a lot of her in me and I believe that she is my my guide or my guardian angel and I think that she's definitely been watching over me my life and has helped um, guide me through some times so I would definitely have her as my fantasy dinner guest. <laughs> I would so steal your dinner guest. <laughs> I absolutely am obsessed with Blake Lively. I was only watching a Facebook video about her and Ryan Reynolds the other day and she's just so beautiful. Yes, she's amazing. Inside and out, not just on the outside, but she just has such a beautiful, warm smile mm -hmm. and she really has always 
she always looks like she gets the best out of life and yep. she gives it her all. So I love her. And Oprah is on my vision board <laughs> and I truly believe it. I'm just putting out this out into the podcast and into the universe right now. I will meet Oprah one day, whether we, <laughs> whether, we will. <laughs> whether we interview her on this podcast or just are in the crowd and event. I do not care, but I would love to meet her. I'm obsessed with her podcast, Super Soul Conversations and also Masterclass. I listen to them almost every night falling asleep and yeah, she's epic. She is. Now I'm changing it up here a little bit. Maddie, tell us about your wedding in a couple of weeks. Yes, I'm getting married in three weeks to Ryan, uh, which is very exciting. We've been, we met actually when I was 21. So very exciting time. We're getting married, yeah, in Byron Bay and then we're jetting off to the States and Mexico. So we're meeting um, two of our couple bestie in Colombia for a few days and going to LA and then Mexico. So I'm pretty excited. It all feels a little bit surreal, to be completely honest. I think, you know, I've thought about and dreamt about this day since the day I met him, literally. And now to think that it's so close is just so surreal. But I'm so excited and yeah. So Maddie, what is your number one health tip? Well, I would definitely say to eat real food um, is my number one. Perfect. I knew you were going to say that, actually. (laughs) Let's be honest. What advice would you give to your younger self? I know this is your favorite question when we interview people. I do love this question. It's something I think about all the time, to be honest, because I think, you know, I remember being 16 and just thinking I knew everything. I thought I had the answers to the world and that, you know, mum and dad didn't know anything. And the older I get, I'm like, oh, they're actually so wise and they knew it all way back then and I just didn't listen to them. So I think if I, I would tell her a few things. One would be, be yourself because everyone else is taken. And I think that's something that really took me a long time to figure out. Uh, I always looked at, you know, other people's jobs or what they were wearing or what they were doing in life or where they were traveling and, and just wanted to be like them. And I think the moment that I realized that, you know, I'm so unique and there's only one me was when I really started gaining a lot of confidence and, you know, having that bit of extra drive. So, yeah, I would just tell my younger self to, you know, just to be you and to to never compare yourself and to never try and be someone else. I'd also tell her that she is smarter than she thinks and stronger than she knows. Um, I wasn't academic at school whatsoever. I didn't do very well in VCE and, you know, I wanted to be an actress, but I was studying at marketing, marketing. And I think if I just backed myself a little bit more and gave myself more credit that I, I was smarter and it wasn't about being book smart, um, Yeah, I think that's something that took me, again, a while to learn. But I think everyone is so capable of, you know, everything that they can envision. So definitely that, yeah, she's smarter than she thinks. (laughs) And being stronger than I know, I think mentally I've probably proved to myself that there's moments where I'm a lot stronger than I gave myself credit for at the time. So, yeah, they would be my two main things that I would tell her. Yeah, that's beautiful. Madeline, what are you the most grateful for at the moment? 
Well, I'm definitely grateful every single day for my beautiful family. So I've got an incredible relationship with my beautiful Nana Sue, who is 93 years old. And I have a sleepover with her every Thursday night and have done since I was 18. Um, and she's just such a special person in my life. So her and my mum and dad and my brother, I'm, every day I wake up and I could just never imagine not being grateful for them. They're such special people in my life. And for Ryan and his family, I'm so lucky to have beautiful in-laws and a beautiful partner who's so supportive of me chasing my crazy dreams and paving my own path in life. And I'm definitely grateful for my health um, and for my career and for my friends. So to finish off our interview, we have to ask you this question. For all the foodies out there, Madeline, what does a day on your plate look like? Okay, so I usually, yeah, start the morning with a big cup of water. Um, twice a week, I will have uh, Beauty Chef's Glow in my water. So it's just like a little powder thing for your skin. I actually think cleanse is better, to be honest, but I've got Glow at the moment, so I'm just using that twice a week. And then I have – so I never used to eat breakfast ever as a kid, and now I'm obsessed with breakfast and could not go without it. So I will have usually have two breakfasts. So I start off – with toast, two pieces of toast with either avocado and lemon juice or a boiled egg um, crushed on top. And then about an hour later, I usually have like a chia and muesli pudding with coconut yogurt and fresh berries. And then at around lunchtime, I usually make a big salad, which has like spinach, quinoa, sometimes falafel, roasted broccoli. I'm obsessed with roasted broccoli. It's like Honest, sometimes I just cook it literally as a snack. I just put it in the oven with some paprika, salt, pepper, oil, and my God, it's like the most amazing thing ever. So I always have that with pumpkin in it. And what else do I put in there? Yeah, usually they're my main things that I'll always have in. A bit of lemon juice, olive oil over it. Sometimes some olives. I love olives. And some sauerkraut if I have it. And then usually at three, around three o'clock, I get a bit hungry. So I either have like another piece of toast or I'll do like a protein ball or snack, like a bliss ball. Or if I've made some raw treats, I'll have something like that, something a bit sweet. Or I'm really obsessed with loving earth chocolate. So I love the um, choc- the mint one. Yeah, It's so good. So I'll have that. And then dinner time, usually we eat a lot of fish. So I usually eat something with fish or a good veggie dish. So... Yeah, it's just really anything with veggies. We always have like, I love potatoes, so definitely don't hold back on my carbs. Um, so usually like roasted potato, roasted sweet potato, and then some fish. I'll either like bake it with turmeric and lemon um, and some ginger in the oven, or I'll do it like crumb it in quinoa flakes on a fry pan, or sometimes we'll do it on the barbecue. And then, yeah, any veggies really, whatever we have. So like broccolini steamed with like some lemon juice and balsamic vinegar over it or I'll do like stuffed mushrooms with just like some tomato and garlic in them or I'm trying to think of some other like ideas to give you guys (laughs) yeah just basically we usually try to work it off like three thing you know like so a meat uh, like a fish and then like two types of veggies so yeah that's usually during the week and then sometimes on the weekend I get a bit more adventurous I'll make like a big veggie lasagna or I'll do nourish bowls I love a good nourish bowl so yeah that's usually my day on a plate (laughs) 
heavenly. Oh, and I forgot my sorry. I forgot my green juice in the morning. That's my goat, my starter. Oh yes. <laughs> so I just have um, spinach, lemon juice, kiwi fruit, uh, cucumber, and a banana. Yeah, and water. I have that every morning it's after my big glass of water. Yum, yum, yum. Well, on that note, it is 6.30 at night and I am bloody (laughs) starving. You just made me so hungry. That sounds so good. Madeline, thank you so much for taking the time to let me interview you. I know that it was a little bit weird to begin with and we were like, oh my goodness, what are we going to say? But I think that you nailed it and I'm really excited for everyone to get to know you a little bit more. I know I learned a lot of things and I've known you for years. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you got something out of it. And sorry, I was a little bit underprepared. Hopefully I got it all out. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review and subscribe so you can keep up to date with our new episodes each week. For a dose of weekly happy, healthy news, you can subscribe to our newsletter via our website at thehealthyhustlers.com. Until next week, make sure that you're investing in yourself to keep the hustle healthy.